Welcome to the Fearless Mom Podcast, where our goal is to give practical tips and tools to help moms actually enjoy parenting. Whether you're watching or listening by yourself or you're with a group, we're just so glad that you've joined us. And remember, we never wanna add to your already long to-do list. We just wanna help you be intentional with what you're already doing. Hey guys, we are so glad that you are tuning in today. I actually have a special guest. This is Julie, in case you didn't recognize my voice. (laughs) I always think when I hear myself back, like, wow, I I sound like I'm from the South. You do, which would make sense. Yeah, it does make sense. But you know, I don't hear it until I hear my recording back. Anyway, sorry guys, I distracted myself in the first 30 seconds. Um, We have a special guest with us today. Emily is with us. Emily, we're so glad. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. So I thought Emily would be the perfect person to join in with today's conversation. Yet last week, we talked about it, I almost said yesterday, but it was last week. (laughs) It was a week ago. Um, I actually recorded it last week. And yet in my mind, it was yesterday. Last week, we recorded um, the session on self-awareness, where we talked about what self-awareness is, why it's important, and how we can develop self-awareness, not just in ourselves, but then obviously the natural overflow is that our children develop and appreciate self-awareness as well. Um, And today we're going to talk about self-awareness as well as communication style, (laughs) understanding your own communication style as well as other people's communication styles. Emily, why are you laughing? Um, Well, I'm so excited to talk about communication styles because I think over the last, well, it's always been true, but over the last probably four or five years, our family has really articulated the differences. Emily, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and say we have articulated and learned to appreciate the differences. Appreciate, and we always talk about not taking ourselves too seriously, which includes teasing each other in a loving way. That's and right. this is definitely one of those hot topics that has not gone anywhere. It has not, because <laughs> guess what? Our communication styles, the more we've learned about them, we've all, I feel like we've learned how they work together. <laughs> but um, this is where, Emily, I would say, because we talk about in developing self-awareness, you mm-hmm. need, this is what we talked about last week, uh, you know, honesty, humility, um, community, and courage. Right. And community being our family in this situation, we have learned a lot about how to use that. But before we jump in, first, Emily, welcome, welcome. So glad you're here, particularly on this topic. I do feel like I am a a fearless mom, even though I'm just a dog mom. Emily, you are a fearless mom, and you actually studied communications. I did, and sociology. So this actually, yeah, we're glad you're here. We're going to pray and um, get started. Sounds good. God, thank you so much for this day. I thank you, God, for the gift of technology that allows us to connect to so many moms. I thank you for the gift of family. I thank you that Emily is willing to share um, her experience, her heart, and her um, insight. And God, I ask right now that you settle our hearts and minds and open our eyes and ears so that we can see and hear what you want us to learn today, so that we can be the moms that you have called us out to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, Emily, 
for a little review, last week we did talk about self-awareness and we defined self-awareness. And actually, for those of you listening, Emily helped me with this definition. Um, we, it takes us a while to work things out after we both do our research and then we put our brains together and wow it's a lot of back and forth <laughs> a lot of back and forth with different communication styles right. but self-awareness we defined as an understanding of yourself and your relationship with your environment an understanding of yourself meaning your own thoughts and feelings your own motives and triggers your likes and dislikes strengths and weaknesses and your reflexes and your tendencies um i'd go as far as to say your quirks, you yes, know, totally your peculiarities. Anyway, all those things about yourself. <laughs> those you very few that. quirks yeah, and but, peculiarities. But it's not just a, awareness. I think what we got to at the end was it's self-awareness and appreciation. Totally. So looking at Love yourself that. with curiosity right. instead of judgment. Looking at yourself going, oh, okay, my thoughts, my feelings, my tendencies, my triggers, whatever it is. And instead of beating yourself up about it, mm -hmm. we want to just look at it with honesty. We don't want to build ourselves up or beat ourselves up. We want to look at what is really accept there. Accept it. Yeah. Yeah. Accept it. Acceptance is so significant, especially if you're working toward improvement, which right. we all should be. And that's the thing too. I think a lot of, or for me, for a long time, I heard the word acceptance of myself my you know thoughts and feelings and thought that meant like agreeing with them a accepting them and agreeing to live there right but acceptance really just means like acknowledging the reality that those thoughts and feelings are happening or those quirks or those the lens through which we're seeing things all of those things accepting them is acknowledging that they're there and then it may be like oh I accept that this is what I'm thinking and feeling and I'm also going to accept that I would like to improve upon that or that is pivot or whatever. Because I before <laughs> viewed acceptance as, oh, well, it is what it is. Right. Accepting it and keeping it there. Uh-huh. Instead of accepting it, looking at it with curiosity and no judgment or no comparison and just looking at it is what it is. But I still need to embrace the responsibility yes. to improve, to do the right thing, whatever it is. So I think that's super important. So self-awareness, understanding yourself um, and your relationship with your environment. And Emily, this is where you came in. That was because I initially started with an understanding of yourself. That's what self-awareness is. And you added an understanding of your relationship with your environment. Do you want to go into that a little bit more? I do. <laughs> I thought you might. I love it. Um, I, well, I would say like to rewind to growing up, um, I, I go back to like, basically my environment is the people around me, my circumstances, um, situations. What else? Yeah. And you mentioned how you, a great example, but it was just one thing with how you interact with, I called it media. You first said oh, technology, right. yes, but it's really any media, right? Any, anything you interact yes. with. And I think that's a big one right now. So how you interact with your TV, how you interact with your computer, how you interact with your phone. There's so many totally. means of media. And I read a book recently that said, um, speak another media. Oh, absolutely. Another medium medium. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Thank you for gently correcting me. Um, yes, but, uh, 
yeah, I don't know how to grammatically talk about media, so I ignore it at all costs. Um, anyway, but look, I read a book talking about how you are a factor in your circumstances. And so you may not be able to control your circumstances or completely quote unquote fix them. Yeah. Um, but if you change something about yourself, your circumstances will change. It's just it may be a different degree or sure. whatever. And so like with technology, the example we used when we were talking in 2020 was I turned off auto start like the oh, next yeah. episode yeah. on Netflix because I was mindlessly watching several episodes in a row. And instead of mindlessly watching several episodes in a row, now I mindfully watch several episodes yeah. in a row. But you do it on purpose. We, yes. we try to go from anything that you do mindlessly, just switch it to mindful. Yeah. You're just, number one, you're building your prefrontal cortex, but you're just becoming aware and intentional. We are all about being intentional about everything we do. And that simply means switching from mindless to mindful. And learning that being aware of things takes practice, but it doesn't take more time. Oh, that is significant. Yes, because fearless mom, sorry, Emily, you, you never me apologize. Up there. I did. I we knew I did it on purpose. We don't want to add to your to do list. We just want to help you being to be intentional with what you're already doing. And that's what self-awareness is. We don't want to add to your to-do list. Okay, take these five personality profiles or you need to Even add this to your... Even though those can be really fun. They are. We, in our family, we do love personality profiles. We do. But we talked about last week. Some people love them. Some people hate them. Some people say, I just can't do that right now. Totally. So if you can't, if you can't bring yourself to work on self-awareness, we say dive into God awareness. Mm -hmm. Because in discovering more about God, you'll discover more about yourself. And he is the source of the peace and hope that we are all craving, craving, especially right now. So that was a review of last week. Oh my um, gosh, we could talk about it for so long. Self-awareness, <laughs> I know. Well, and how, uh, you know, when we're looking at self-awareness, when we're developing self-awareness, we do, it does require the honesty, humility, community, um, and courage, because it is very courageous to dive in and say, I want to see things as they really are. And especially... Yeah to if you're doing a personality profile we always say to get the most accurate result ask the people around you the people closest right. to you they may not always see your motives but they can tell you your behavior what mm -hmm. it really is what it really acts like and you know you got to be ready for that are you ready yeah. to hear what it's really vulnerability like? ew yeah it's not fun and so what we want to do today though is to talk about self-awareness leading to others awareness particularly when it comes to communication styles. And Emily and I have very different communication styles. If you saw us talking, you would be like, what? Y'all are exactly alike. Yeah. And we have a From lot. From the outside looking we in. We have a lot of similarities. <laughs> there's no denying it. But we also have a lot of differences. Mm -hmm. And there's value in that. The value in understanding differences in communication styles is <laughs> it's pretty self-explanatory. The more you understand about yourself, the more you understand the, that other people may be delivering information differently and receiving and processing information right. differently than what you intend even, it helps every single relationship. Absolutely. Every single relationship. And so there's great value in that. And not just with friends or other adults, but also with your children, understanding that 
you may have a child who has a different communication style than you do. And when I say a child with a different communication style, let me start by saying we are all created wonderfully complex. And um, we say, you know, the NLT version of Psalm 139 verse 14 says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And I often, you know, encourage moms to say, to put your child's name in here. Thank you, God, for making Emily so wonderfully complex. Thank you, God, for making Joe so wonderfully complex, for making Allie, for making Sylvie so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. We understand God created us on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. We also understand that there are outside factors that shape and mold and also um direct communication style. So when people ask me, you know, are we born with this? Is this nature or nurture? I'm like, the never ending, the never ending. And and it doesn't matter. Right. I mean, we could dig into it and sometimes it's interesting, but at this point, what's my responsibility to understand myself better, to embrace the responsibility, to understand myself better and to understand my child as much as possible so that Mm -hmm. I can equip him or her to be the independent, competent, resilient adult that he or she is created to be. So we're not going to go down that road. Was he born that way? Was she born that way? Did I do that to her? I don't, it is what it is at this point. Let's just learn to be students of our children so that we can be teachers of our children. It's kind of nice to be able to separate what's your fault and what's your responsibility. Like it can be your responsibility, even if you had nothing to do with being where we are it's or whatever. so true sometimes when you start diving into personality type or enneagrams or profiles they'll suggest well maybe this is because you didn't receive this as a child or you did receive i'm like whoa whoa all i want to know is tell me what my patterns of behavior are now mm-hmm. tell me where how i can work in mm-hmm. my strengths mm-hmm. and work on my weaknesses yes just and it's been interesting sometimes to see the framing the flip side of that where which I do think involves communication styles like I look at okay you and me we are it's almost like if we were completely different in our communication styles there would be no there would never be a clash it's like because there's some similarity and some difference it's yeah when those you're absolutely right yes meet in a different degree or context it always comes up like that kind of ends up being a factor yeah she's referring to often we say when we're talking about in fearless mom strengths and weaknesses i'll say that you know characteristics are neutral when we talk about how you define conflict how you respond to conflict um, how it makes you feel your comfort your discomfort with conflict or difficult conversations that is neutral you, you look at it as it, it really is. is. You look at self-awareness, say this, this so is you what it is. It. You accept it. And then you say, but what's my responsibility right. to make this relationship what it's supposed to be, to, um, to make my job what it's supposed to be? So you look at it, it's neutral. The right. characteristic is neutral. Um, but how it manifests itself is a strength or weakness based on context and degree. So for instance, someone who handles things head on and speaks very frankly and directly that is a con that is a communication style mm-hmm. that is a you know conflict style um or approach and so that 
that's not positive or negative. Right. It can be positive in some situations. It can be negative in others. So someone who handles it head on directly, you know, maybe um, in one context, that would be advantageous, maybe in the workplace or maybe in a certain situation where someone needs to make quick decisions and direct everyone. But maybe let's say in a marriage, there needs to be a little bit more nuance, maybe a little <laughs> bit more sensitivity. Or if you're considering you are communicating with someone of a different style, mm -hmm. then you need to be a little bit more nuanced and a little bit more gentle. Well, and to frame it, at least for myself, it was because I, mm, this is my childhood. I always was thinking if I am kind of now I have to remind myself that I still can't control everything, but I would think if I craft the perfect sentence and create the situation for it to be perfectly received, then what I know to be right, <laughs> everyone will see as right, which by the way, um, that didn't always work. I, I didn't know that opinions were anything less than fact. Emily, when you were in kindergarten, Miss Snyderman said to me, she said she was a teacher um, at Emily's school that took Emily out for a special program. And she said, I'm not going to work on academics with Emily. She said, I'm going to work on Emily allowing other people to have an opinion. And thankfully, and aren't you glad she you got to her? work with me for six she years. She really did. She was and amazing. And it took all of that time. And she was, yeah, it was yeah, I had but great what a teachers. gift that you had someone who saw that and who saw that as a gift. Yes, just has to be channeled. She <laughs> saw it as a gift. She didn't think that was a weakness of yours. She mm -hmm. saw it as a characteristic of yours that can be a strength sure. or weakness based on context and degree. Hello. And she helped you learn to use it as a strength. But to see myself as a factor in a relationship, in a relationship's communication, like... I am a part of this whole that is the two-way messaging and understanding. So, like, I can't control the whole thing, but I can, again, make adjustments that adjust things. Yeah, I think that's significant. And I think bottom line in communication, what you just said, is we have to understand it is a two-way street. Mm -hmm. So we typically judge ourselves by our intentions and others by the outcome and our interpretation of what they said. <laughs> yeah, that's so yeah, I, that's so I think good. that what we have to understand is when we're talking about communication style, it is not only how you deliver information, but also how you receive and process. Absolutely. And I, I think that we're all different and we celebrate our differences. Mm -hmm. We celebrate our differences because it's not just about awareness, Emily, also about appreciation. So self-awareness, super important. And then we are going to dig into communication, delivering communication and receiving communication, understanding that it plays a huge role in every single relationship. And I'm going to just talk about conflict mm -hmm. right now. And I, I think that's probably where it manifests itself the most. Yeah, like the most glaring examples are probably conflict. I do think so. Yeah. And it's not only how we respond to conflict, but how we define conflict. Oh, that's yeah how important. we define it. And so I'm going to get us a working definition of conflict, and that is any state of disagreement or disharmony between persons or a clash. Mm -hmm. So any state of disagreement or dishonesty or disharmony between persons. Now, um, 
some people are super sensitive to disharmony. Right. And it makes them very uncomfortable. So if you can imagine a continuum, I want you to picture comfort and discomfort. And so put that on a continuum and then think disharmony or a clash or any disagreement. Where do you fall with that? Do you see conflict as anyone just not liking something that you've said? Or does it have to be yelling? Does it have to be um, a screaming match for you to consider it conflict? But that comfort and discomfort. What do you think about that, Em? I think so many things. (laughs) (laughs) I always think of your your froomies, you know, your friends that were roomies. Yes. And everyone's comfort and discomfort level with, and I'm going to say conflict, Emily, but it, I, you and Kaylee are more similar in that you guys can speak directly to one another, speak loudly, disagree. You, you guys don't take it personally at all. Well, what I realized is that I shouldn't say don't take it personally at all. It takes a lot more for you guys. For the presentation of conflict, for that to be what I take personally. Like what I realized is that I actually think I am super sensitive to conflict. I just think, again, I go back to my seven-year-old self that thinks I'm going to say the perfect thing that's going to resolve this conflict. So let's lean in to get it over with and to have it be done. And I also have other friends who um, I'm trying to even think. You guys were all at that point living together. You and Allison were living together. There's a very specific example that we are talking about here. Um, (laughs) And there were, so Kaylee, Ashley, Allison, and I were all at our apartment. And I think three of us lived there at the same time. Anyway, important details. Um, but Kaylee had decided that she and this celebrity were going to be an amazing (laughs) couple, like Mm -hmm. could be, not we're going to be, could be an amazing couple. And I was like, you guys would kill each other. Like you are not a match about this hypothetical, likely to never happen scenario. And we started getting passionate about it and wait y'all were adults this was post-college oh yeah this was okay keep going not long enough ago. right right um and we got into it about how again this hypothetical scenario but because it was like to us this lack of understanding about who she is kaylee not the stranger man that we don't know, that we like to pretend we know. And by the time the conversation had reached its peak, we realized two of our friends were literally hiding under blankets in the other room. And Kaylee and I were like, what? We were just talking about it, like explaining our side to each other. And we just vehemently disagreed. They vehemently (laughs) disagreed. It was probably an elevated level of passion, an elevated level of volume, which to you guys, that is banter. That is conversation. That is simply disagreement and making your case. 
But to the others, they saw that as very uncomfortable. Yes. They saw it as significant conflict. I did feel bad. And they were, and, and that's okay. Well, I'm not saying it's okay. Y'all did figure it out and no, work it out. it's okay to be different. It's okay to be different. Yeah. What we have to do is go, okay, on that continuum, on that scale, comfort and discomfort with conflict, with raised voices, with disagreement, with disharmony, whatever it is, with difficult situations, um, with, let's say that you uh, have something you need to present to a teacher, that a child may have an elevated level of discomfort with just a difficult conversation. Mm -hmm. We see that, we help them develop awareness, but then appreciation and acceptance, see it is what it is, and then go, what's my responsibility here? And we embrace our responsibility no matter our level of comfort or discomfort. Yes. So we embrace our responsibility when we say, well, that's fine to me to get loud, to be direct, to handle it, you know, uh, uh, abruptly, quickly. Let's just get it over with passionately. (laughs) And you can say that is my tendency. That is my um, drift. I do take responsibility for my drift. Then for how I handle you embrace your responsibility And you say, okay, on this continuum, on this scale, I'm very comfortable with conflict. I embrace it. I, you know, but you consider others. Right. So it's self-awareness, self-acceptance and appreciation. Mm -hmm. And then though, what is my responsibility here? Really, if you are in a relationship, in a friendship, in a marriage, a parent-child, you go, but what is my responsibility? I'm trying to communicate here. Um, in an effort to build the relationship. So I think it's important to embrace these three truths. Conflict is normal. Mm -hmm. Conflict is necessary. And conflict is an opportunity to build unity. And so conflict is normal. Any relationship that is going to last over a period of time, conflict is going to be a part of it. It's inevitable. So we, we see it. We embrace it. It is what it is. And conflict is necessary because we want this relationship to grow. Right. And so I have to handle the conflict, address the conflict, push through the conflict. Um, and so it is normal, it is necessary, and it is opportunity to build unity because any friendship is stronger on the other side. Because it, throughout the process, you become more self-aware, more others aware. Mm-hmm. So we want to develop awareness and empathy. Oh, absolutely. And to see that, you like, I think it requires a posture of humility. And I think one of the most important things to learn is to understand what you don't understand. Like, I understand that I bring my perspective and my experience to the table, but I also appreciate the perspective and experience that my friends bring to the table that I can't, that my family brings to the table that I can't bring. And that has shifted for me from a right versus wrong approach to conflict and a, okay, if we're engaging in this relationship, there will be conflict, but we both want to get to a resolution together instead of like (laughs) playing tug of war to bring you into what I see the resolution being. We're fighting for we, not me. Right. And that's hard. Right. That is a selfless. That's where that humility comes in. And that's where that honesty, looking at yourself with, um, you know. It's very hard to remember in the heat of the moment. <laughs> it's, well, actually, you're probably not going <laughs> to remember it in the heat of the moment, um, but you're going to get there. 
you're going right. to get there. And so when it comes to conflict in our drifts, if we look at that continuum, um, I do think we have to be, you know, look at ourselves with honesty, humility, obviously community. We're so good about that. Chiming in when we think our other family so members good can benefit in. from <laughs> our insight and um, courage. But being honest with ourselves and saying, number one, if your reflex is to retreat, you have to choose to charge. Mm -hmm. So for instance, my comfort level with conflict, I am very uncomfortable. Yeah. I, uh, you know, it, 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 I don't like comfort I, level low, <laughs> comfort level, very low on my continuum. I am totally toward discomfort. I am all the way so much so that in the grocery store, if I see two people in line, if I see conflict between the um, person checking out and the, um, you know, customer, yes. If the cashier and the customer, if I see conflict, they can be three people ahead of me. Right. And I want to help strangers. And I can see that they are on different pages. And I think maybe I could help them out. Right. I feel this burden for them. It makes me very uncomfortable to see people. If I can hear conflict three aisles over at Target, I it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like anyone to be in conflict. Right. I don't like any disharmony. And so my reflex is to retreat. So uh -huh. therefore, I have to choose to charge. I have to embrace a responsibility to say this relationship is worth it for me to lean in. And so when I say choose to charge, I have to go, you know what? My, my reflex is to either just ignore this problem, ignore this issue, ignore this disharmony, pray it goes away, and then just not deal with it mm -hmm. and move on. But in reality, it becomes, it boils over it will come out sometime. <laughs> right. It will come out sometime. The frustration, the disappointment, the whatever it is, whatever I'm mm -hmm. feeling, that disharmony, it will bubble over sometime. And I think that it's important to, like, I have a hard time understanding degree of importance. Like, everything matters a lot to me. And so in my um, uh, unrefined filter everything is worth charging oh emily toward. we're about to get to you sorry we're, but, we're about but to get to that i think to look at it as like making sure you like release that pressure valve yeah you don't have to completely take the lid off to choose to charge like it's right just right right letting things happen um acknowledging small things before it becomes big or like okay baby sharks handling been, the baby sharks i've been sorry bothered. if i just put that song in your head everyone <laughs> yeah it's not getting out mm -hmm. um but if i have been ignoring this letting this thing be so heavy on my shoulders um within a relationship for so long I'm not going to go from never addressing it to addressing it every single time I notice it now. I'm going to like be like, okay, I'm paying more attention to this. Hey, just so you know, this is something I've noticed that affects me. And seeing it as progress, yeah. not like, oh, I have to make a complete 180 tomorrow. Or I'm now going to list everything that um, has bothered me in the last 10 years. <laughs> Right. Not effective. So you go, it's not just Which about communicating. I'm really thankful for my clinical Christian counselor who helps me learn 
degree. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we all are. And when I say we all are, I mean, because we all see the same counselor. So yes, <laughs> we all are. But um, I do think we have to learn how to handle conflict. And that comes from just like learning any other skill. It's baby steps. It's little by little. It is, okay, God, I see this. This is my tendency. This is my drift. Now show me when I need to have the courage to lean in. Show me, God, when I have to choose to charge and then help me work through it. And guess what? Just like anything else, if you uh, learn how to wakeboard, if you learn how to ski, whatever it is, a new skill, mm-hmm. You're not going to be great at it at first. No. It takes practice. It's so hard. It's like, no, I decided I want to do this and I want to be perfect at it. It takes practice. But the relationship is worth it. It's super important, I think, moms, to understand that our children are different and um, that each child is different. And that is great. God created us each wonderfully complex and purposefully unique. And so we want to embrace there. So we, we, develop self-awareness about our own level of comfort or discomfort with conflict. And then we study our child so that we can become the best teacher. Mm -hmm. Okay, Emily. So if your reflex is to retreat, you have to choose to charge. But number two, if your instinct is to engage, you have to learn to filter your fight. If your instinct is to engage, tell me what you think about that. I have zero experience having to, um, yeah, no, I, my instinct is definitely to engage. And I realize it's not like because I'm like, ooh, conflict. Where can I get some more of that? Yeah, you're not looking for but it because it fuels you. No. Uh, Which some people do, by the way. Totally. Um, and then I also think and about And that's how, okay. You recognizing that about yourself. Well, one thing about uh, self-awareness and others' awareness is like I, you know, for me, something may just be simple and straightforward, like stop doing that. And then like to my brother, he would hear that as like, like a character issue. Like I would be like, Hey, stop. Well, I'm also a highly sensitive person. And so I'd be like, stop drinking your orange juice like that. Which was really something I needed to adjust. Hey moms, if you have kids who particularly in the morning, Right. I was so rude in the mornings. No, I just meant you may have been a little more sensitive to certain things in the morning. Yeah. And less filtered, which I was st- was still my responsibility. She learned to embrace her responsibility and present her request with kindness and gentleness. So now I wake up and I don't interact with people for an hour. That's great. It's good. Emily, self-awareness yeah. and, and Take responsibility. That's right. Yeah. Embrace responsibility. So with Emily, um, you were learning to temper your voice. With Joe, I would say he was learning to trust his voice. And mm-hmm. so, um, and same with myself. I learned to trust my voice because I can talk myself out of a difficult conversation. Mm-hmm. If I give myself too much time and then I have to pray through it and go, okay, God, that conversation I know is worth it to um, create better understanding in this relationship. Yep. And then um, with you, I think it was from the other end, it was tempering your voice and finding like, okay, this is, I need to say this, but I don't have to say it all right now. There's also urgency. It is not a speak now or forever hold your peace situation. 99% of the time you're dealing with conflict with someone. It's not usually the last time you're going to talk to them. But it is, and I think there, but it's learning that about yourself. Totally. And I, and I also think it, if I assess through the filter of right and wrong, instead of like a spectrum kind of, I can say like, well, it's not wrong for me 
to ask Joe to do this or it's not right for him to do this. But then it's like if I look at the two of us as a relationship, I can say like, oh, Joe, like he knows that I don't mean to pressure him when I ask him to, hypothetically speaking, let my dog out. (laughs) But he does feel the pressure. And is it wrong for me to ask him? No. But like tomorrow I'm. I'm not going to ask him because I don't want him to have to work through not feeling pressured and like have to think about it. And so it's also just being considerate of the relationship and of the people within the relationship, not just like, well, I'm not wrong. So I'm going to. Right. So you're, you're moving then to others awareness. So there's self-awareness. What is my drift? What is my tendency? Um, what is my is my reflex to retreat or is my instinct to engage and understanding yourself and saying, OK, now in this friendship, it may look different than yeah. in this friendship, because now you're moving. Does. Yes. Now you're moving to understanding others. Right. And so when it comes to, let's just say, engaging in conflict, we have to have awareness and honesty yes. about ourselves um, and then kindness and humility mm-hmm. toward others understanding and empathy what is the goal here and i want understanding not just i want to communicate but i want to better understand and moving toward empathy and then forgiveness and problem solving and negotiation which is a whole nother conversation and we won't dive into that right now um but understanding that that's the goal and so moms if you're thinking wow i've got one kid who drifts toward um the reflex to retreat. I've got another kid who uh, drifts toward the instinct to engage. That's amazing. You get to do both. What a, what a wonderful opportunity. Do you, you know have. what that's like? Yeah. What a wonderful opportunity to get to learn both sides. Understanding that each child is created wonderfully complex and that it is our responsibility as moms to, I'm going to develop self-awareness mm-hmm. and understand my drift and my tendency and my comfort or discomfort with conflict and in so doing I will naturally lead my children to do the same thing if if you're overflow yeah you're you're the fountain and your children are drinking your overflow and it is so significant and it takes work absolutely if that's you all want, I have to say about that, yeah. because I kept, like realized like, oh, it's just it keeps going. It does. That is not something. <laughs> oh, I, I took that. We first studied this years ago um, and learned so much about our family. And it's it's constant progress because Absolutely. life is changing. Circumstances are changing. We always have a new situation and we all work together and we live near one another. We're together a lot. And so, yeah, it is worth the work to dive in. And um, my prayer for you is that you are at a point where you go, you know what? I'm, I notice now I'm going to be aware of how I feel and what I'm thinking when I see or am involved in conflict. Right. I'm going to develop self-awareness and go, what is my comfort level with conflict? How do I define conflict? Is conflict with you any disagreement? Right. Or is it yelling and screaming? <laughs> you know, but that's, it is what it is. Yeah. Understand, look at yourself with appreciation. God made you wonderfully complex and acceptance and then embrace the responsibility to do what you need to do to work on the relationship, remembering that the goal is understanding, not just communicating. 
I, I think it empowers all of us to build the relationships right. that we have. Yes. And to develop them that it's not like, oh, problem solved. Yeah. Check or, this relationship off. We had a great conversation about or, it. Or, oh, we see conflict the same way. So we don't have to <laughs> work on how we handle conflict. <laughs> that is, it's so true. Ashley Horn and I uh-huh. are both similar in, the, you know, in that way. We are very close Kaylee friends. And I. Yeah. You and Kaylee. But we still have to, both of us have the reflex to retreat. Mm-hmm. But after being friends for, you know, 25 years, yeah. um, you know, we learn about each other, but still have to work on um, developing that relationship and our degree with conflict because we work a lot together for the Fearless Mom. Yes. Yeah, but there's great value in that, Mom. And Emily, what about uh, having parents who you some, sometimes say, you know, this, the, um, the understanding that we had of you. Cause you know, we didn't really dig into this until you were yeah. older. I say I was the perfect amount of misunderstood because, um, I feel like if I had been perfectly understood, like certain things that I developed would not have gotten developed in the way they did because they would have been like, my needs would have been maybe catered to in a specific way just out of awareness, nothing dramatic, but like to be confused by me. <laughs> okay, so I, that's what I wanted to finish with. If you have um, an SWB, we call it in Fearless Mom, a strong-willed blessing, or if you have a child whose instinct is to engage, um, that is a gift. That is a, a, a wonderful characteristic. It can be a strength or a weakness based on context or degree. But my responsibility, Mac and I worked on her understanding that about herself, appreciating, appreciating that about herself, seeing it as a gift, and then understanding certain situations when it could be a weakness. Yes. And embracing the responsibility of self-control. Right. And filtering yes. and considering others. And having your, right, like it is necessary socialization to like have people not understand you and have to be okay with that and see how to improve the circumstances and situation through that, not wait for understanding before you can do anything. And so all of those important things, um, that does start in the home. I think it's important though, as moms, whether you have a son or a daughter, if their instinct is to engage, to be curious about it and to look at it with, okay, is my child angry? Is my child just passionate? Is my child strong-willed? And so that was my responsibility to dig a little deeper, to see if I could see patterns. The source of the tendency to engage. Because if it's anger, I want to I, I want to dig a little deeper and see what's under that anger. But if it is tendency and personality and temperament, then I want to help you. I don't want to change it. I just mm-hmm. want to channel it. I want you to help. I want to help you learn to use it as a strength. And um, I think a lot of times we see that as something we need to fix. Right. When in reality, it's just something we need to channel. And so um, I appreciate your being here, Emily. I appreciate your always being willing for us to share um great stories about uh, <laughs> but but you and your roommates and uh yeah. working through that i think there's great value in that and so we appreciate it if you have an swb out there we celebrate you we um it is worth the work it 
but I'll tell you this. If you've got a quiet, easygoing, compliant kid, um, they may be just as passionate and they have to work just as hard to learn um, to handle conflict. So thanks, guys. We um, are so glad you joined us and um, we are praying for you. We are with you. We are for you. And we hope that you have a great week. Thank you again, Emily. Thanks. We're so glad you joined us today. You can get more resources and information at fearlessmom.com.